for Thursday, Yud Ches Cheshvan Chayalov, the eleventh parak of Hilchos Shabbos. So yesterday we learned from Kaisher until Tzad, and today we're going to learn from Shechet until Mesarte. So according to the conventional Chaluk of Malachas, this is the third series of Malachas. You have Sedura uh, the Pass from Chayrish until Eifa. That's how you get to a loaf of bread. Then you have from Goizes till Teufer and Kerea, so uh, you start starts off as wool until you, uh, you're sewing. And then you have from Tzad, where you, you capture the animal until you get to Kaisev and Meichik, you're writing on the parchment. Um, however, if you, paid, if you paid attention, yesterday, in the middle of uh, yesterday's parak, we learned Baina, Saiser, Makla, Patish, between Kerea and Tzad. So the Nama has a bit of a different order. Also, Mesartet. We have it in the middle on our conventional list that I'm just going to have Masartate at the end after Kaisif and Meichik at the end of this parak. So that's why this parak ends with Masartate, but it's really the entire to make lines for writing. Yeah. And uh, this is the same order. This is the Ramam's order. Look in the beginning of Parak Zion where he has the full list in, in one shot. He has that order there as well, a bit different than ours. Now we're going to learn about Sheikhet from Halacha Aleph to Halacha Dalit. So we start on Halacha Aleph, Sheikhet Chayev. So uh, when we say sheichet, we mean shechita mamash, like a halachic shechita. It says, v'loi sheichet bovad, not just shechita per se, alakol anetel nesham alachem yikobini chayi behev behev bedog v'sharet. If you take the life of any living creature, bein b'shechita, bein b'nechira, bein b'hakaya chayi, whether it's literal slaughtering, or you just bludgeon it, or you beat it up, you're chayi. Achenekes, we're going to get to ants in a bit, actually. If you uh, strangle it, so uh, I guess it's a bit of a less of a direct act, but you're, you are causing it to expire. So it is a So that's a tolda. And that would include if you take a fish out of water. Now you already had it in a cup, so it's not tzad. You didn't capture the fish now. Otherwise, you just want to simplify that uh, eliminating the tzad. You took it out of the cup and you let it uh, out of the water. That's chaynik. And that's uh, shaykhit. Layat shiyamus. And it doesn't even have to fully die. The fish. As long as there's a, a, a patch of dry skin between the fins, the size of a coin, the sala, you're chayv. Shaydain and yachalichirus. It cannot uh, be resuscitated. It can't live anymore. A person stuck his hand into an animal and uh, removed the, the fetus of the animal inside. You would also be chayev. Um, and the Magomish says the Gemara. The Gemara says, well, "Why is the Why is the Sheikh chayev?" Hmm? Why are you killing it? If you removed the, you removed it. You removed it when uh, at, a, at a stage where it's going to die if you remove it. Oh, not to help give birth. No. Oh. You, you pulled it out because you want to kill the fetus. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you want to abort it. Yeah. Animal, yeah. So, no. A fetus has interesting status on halacha. It depends yeah. on the situation. But at least for the purposes of this uh, halacha, it's considered sheikhet for Shabbos. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's a tolda. Um, so the Gemara says, why is a sheikhet chayv? And the Gemara says, mishum netilas neshama. So meaning, in different malachas of Shabbos, you have a chakira. Is it the, the pula or is it the tetzah? That's the, a bit of the lambdas, whether it's the act or whether it's the outcome. So here, it sounds like the Gemara itself is saying, it's not the act of shechita, it's not that oh, you're, you're a professional sheikhet, it's the yeah. outcome that the, it dies. Um, now comes, in Allah Chabez and Allah Gimel, now comes the famous uh, Torah versus science uh, controversy. Uh, 
So if you have uh, crawling creatures that uh, do reproduce the, through male and female, or those that don't uh, come from normal reproduction, they're generated from the dirt, like the paration, which are presumably the fleas. So both categories are still like living creatures. But if it's not even from the dirt, if it's from the excrement of an animal, or whether it's a fruit fly, something like that, uh, and he doesn't say flies, it's going to loim shalabasar, either the worms and meat, with loim shabatecha kidneys, or the worms inside the legumes, hahargam, potter, in that case, you are potter. And then you have an alacha gimel, hamafala kale of bashabas, if you are, uh, delousing, hmm? Yeah, of course, potter is always abalaser. Hamafala, and this is, and the next thing is lachatchila, hamafala kale of bashabas, if you, uh, you're delousing your clothing on Shabbos, you can grab the, the lice, you can roll them in your finger, you can throw them away. You're allowed to kill them, because they're from sweat. So, um, the quotes a bit of the background of the Gemara, that the, the, the way they defined it is that anything that's part of Erova, if it reproduces in the normal way, because what do you have in the Mishkan? In the Mishkan, you had the Elam Adamim. You needed to shach the Elam Adamim in order to get the Eires Elam Adamim for the, for the Mishkan. So that's the Shechita that the Gemara mentions in the, for the purpose of building the Mishkan. Um, and anything that's similar to the Elam Adamim and that it reproduces in a similar way. And then you have the Paration, even though they don't uh, have a normal body, they don't have bones in, in, in the sense that the creatures that, uh, you know, normal animals do. But what is the parish? So he says, the Ramban says, that some say it's the black one called the bargut. Now, bargut in Arabic is the flea. I looked, flea. Up, I looked it up. So, uh, yeah, it's still the same word. Um, so, uh, the parish that he's saying is never going to offer in your archive is the Ramban says it's the bargut. It comes from the earth during the summer. And even though it doesn't reproduce, your archive as if it did. He says, Haraya, you have the ma, the, the, the famous mud mouse, which is its own story that, uh, comes up in the Lagabi tomb of Atara, the mouse that's half earth and half mouse. Um, so if you, you kill that, you're Chayev, it's Mamash, a whole mouse. So similarly, the parish, the flea that comes from the earth, uh, we'd also give it the same, we treat it the same way, you're also Chayev. And what's, what, what we say that things are not like the Elma Dom Potter, that's like a kina from sweat or, uh, worms from the other places that I'm mentioning. Then it's the other opinions now about what, uh, how would I identify which one is which? Um, uh, on this, the general topic, the general question of how do we approach this halacha nowadays, the big controversy. Um, so the Chaim Ravaport from London wrote a, uh, an overview of the topic in Haris of Yorim and Tafshin Samach Dalit. So I'll quote uh, some highlights from there. He breaks it down. There are a few approaches. He says, you have the Pachad Yitzchak. The Pachad Yitzchak is famous. He was a Yitzchak Lamperonti of Italy. He made the first uh, attempt at a Torah encyclopedia in the Seder of the Aleph Bays. He entries and he has uh, time, different interesting things in there. So he's famous for uh, raising this issue in his Sefer. And he says, My opinion is, If I wasn't a little intimidated, I'd say that now that science today, this is already in the 1700s, probably early 1700s, says if uh, since scientists today have already uh, seen that everything that's alive comes from eggs, there's eggs for everything, So and they've proved it, 
So Shomer Nafsha Yirchak Mehem. You have to be chayshish. Gabe Hilchus Shabbos. Shouldn't kill a parish. Don't kill a kina. And don't uh, get into a suffolk chi of chatos. And uh, that, that connects to the general controversy of the Gemara, where the Chachm Yisrael, the Chachm Yisraelim argued about uh, the sun and the earth. And this is the Gemara implying that sometimes the Chachm Yisraelim can have the last word. And uh, so he he takes that Gemara to mean that sometimes we follow the Chachm Yisraelim. And um, that's not itself is a big controversy. Is that something we can say about something that the Chachm Yisrael say? Another approach that says to be chayshish, but uh, doesn't go as far as the Pacha Yitzchak. So you have certain Litvish Apaiskim today that say, look, we believe what Chazal said, that the stuff comes from sweat. We believe. But, but the Lamaisa, the ones we're looking at right now, they have eggs. So uh, I don't know what Chazal was talking about, but whatever I'm looking at, I have to follow what I see. I see that there's eggs, I have to be chayshish. Um, so that's what uh, some Litvish Apaiskim say. Then you have those that say not to be chayshish. So you have the, the Pacha Yitzchak's Rebbe in the same Pacha Yitzchak. He said his opinion, but he also quotes his Rebbe was Rabbi Yeshua Briel. And uh, he said, we can't change the dinim that we have, the Kabbalah from the Kadmainim. And uh, we shouldn't be looking for more rias, new, you know, pro or against, doesn't matter. We follow Kabbalah, Rabbi Seinu. And many like Gemara about Chachmi Yom Israel and Chachmi Yisrael. That itself, others claim that no, the Maskan is, we follow Chachmi Yisrael. And um, so, no matter what hakiras, no matter what research is done, we, we we just we don't we don't trust what they're doing. We follow Chazal. Then you have those that uh, put it another way. They say we follow Chazal because every halach and taita is be'etzim true. It's be'etzim representing a higher truth. Then you try to find a reason to be malbushit in the Edayim Haza. But if Chazal say that you're allowed to have behind the kina. So it doesn't matter whether they're eggs or not. They were malbushed in a certain reason. The reason doesn't seem to check out. So forget the reason, but you have to follow the din. The din of Chazal is the din of Chazal. And then there's the approach that tries to make a compromise and says that maybe Chazal are talking about what the eye can see. The eggs of some of these creatures are microscopic. So it could be uh, science will call them eggs. But halacha, we don't follow with the microscope. We follow what our eyes see. Per our eyes, there's no period of arrivia. There's no, uh, there's no eggs. So that's how you can reconcile the two and then keep the halacha the way it is. There, Chanabhort is trying to be chayker, which the Rebbe responded to questions on this topic. And the Rebbe seemed to insist that if Chazal say the spontaneous generation, it must be spontaneous generation. But the question is, what's the Rebbe saying in the Galbi, the kinim itself, an actual kina on Chavez? Not fully clear. He's trying to figure out, you know, Ayn Sham to see uh, his suggestions as to which category Lamaisa uh, the Rebbe's opinion fits into. Moving along to Halacha Dalit. So if you have creatures that are, that, that sting, that bite, and it's deadly, certainly deadly. There's the, the fly in Mitzrayim. I'm not sure uh, the, the details. Today you have, of course, you have the West Nile uh, virus that's uh, carried by mosquitoes. I don't know if that's what he was referring to. The wasp from Ninveh. Ninveh, of course, is near Mosul today in Iraq. Akrov uh, uh the scorpion from Chadyov. Chadyov is uh, in English. It's called uh, Adiabini. It's uh, if you're familiar from Chazal with Munbaz. Munbaz Hamelach was from Chadyov, um, and Erbil today in Iraq is was the capital city of that uh, kingdom. So anyway, you have these different creatures. Venachu Shabaret Yisrael, a snake in Israel. Bechelav Sheitah Bchamak, a rabid dog anywhere. Mutul Harkam B'Shabbos Kshiro. The moment you see them, you can go and and kill them immediately because they're that dangerous. Oh, Kalamazik and anything else, 
If they're chasing, you can kill them. But if they're, they're passive or they're running away, also you can't pursue them and kill them. And if you were just uh, innocently walking and you, you happened to step on them, then it's mutter. Of course, yesterday we had Megabit Sad, also similar halachas regarding dangerous creatures and whether you can trap them to protect yourself. Um, before we continue to Hamafshit, while we're still talking about Natilas the Shama, so I should point out that earlier this came up also with a chayvel. And when the Ram said that the chayvel, someone hurting an animal or person is a told of dash, was it's mefarek, you're, you're separating the blood. So the Magamishna mentioned, that this is a form of shaykh, the form of natilas neshama, you're taking away the life of that spot. And that's how the author ever writes it in Simon Shintazayan, Sifidal and Tazvav. He says, Natilas neshama shechayavin Allah, you don't have to remove the whole neshama. Even mixes neshama. So if you extract some blood from one aver, that's until neshama shibu eisimakim ki hadam hu anefesh. The blood has, is the life source. And even if the dam doesn't, uh, in Tazvav he says, even if the dam doesn't actually come out, but even if nitzer adam, all those halachas, so he applies it to, puts it in the framework of natilas neshama. And the Mitzayin in there that uh, it's not the Rambam, but it's Ravies and Yerushalmi, Ravies and Tam and Tesis and Subas. However, they also point out in the hardest there now that uh, when it comes to Dine Chayla of Shabbos and Simon Shin Chavchas, that Al Terebbe also mentions that there could be an issue of Mefarik, of maybe sucking blood out of a wound or something. The Al Terebbe mentions Mefarik over there. Also, another thing that's related is we mentioned Psikreshe, all the way in the beginning of Perak Aleph, was Psikreshe, it was about uh, chopping off the head. That's the classic case that uh, you want the head of the bird for a toy, and you don't actually want to murder the bird, but uh, automatically you're killing it. Um, if you look in Simon, uh, in Simon Shintazai, in the there's a big arichas there about uh, killing different creatures in different ways in different cases. I'll just mention one more halacha that Alter mentions there in Sif Chav Gimel. Alter says those people who kill uh, spiders on Shabbos, Hashmames, Shekayin Shpin, you have to be meichay. You have to. You can't just go around uh, stomping or killing uh, spiders. Right? People get terrified. Ah, oh, spider, and they go kill it. Because it's not actually uh, harmful. Ainamazakas. Obviously, I guess in Australia you have certain uh, dangerous ones, but uh, the ones in Europe were not uh, particularly uh, deadly or dangerous. I, people are afraid it's usually the spiders on the ceiling the spinning a web, it's going to fall into your food. And you can always cover the, the food on your table. And it's also only achas me'elaf, it's misukenas. Now, interestingly, we say achas me'elaf also by Yoldis, that Yoldis is only misukan achas me'elaf, but there we are, v'chal Shabbos, we're here. Achas me'elaf misukenas, that's not a basis to, uh, to um, to kill the, uh, the spider. And even if there was a sakana, it's not the type that the Ram described as a zvobshav and mitzrayim, that you can go out of your way and kill it, only the fitumai. So uh, make a macho if anyone is killing spiders. Moving on to mafshit ma'abed and the machik, all together in halacha hei and vav. So in halacha hei, the Ram says, a mafshit ma'abed and the machik, so if you uh, peel skin off the animal, and Kadelas is Kamea is the shear. The shear for a Kamea, for an amulet, that's the smallest uh, bit of writing that you would have. And this is, this is all about writing, so that's the shear. Um, so then you're Chayav. The same goes from Abed for processing the, the skin to make parchment for a, the size of a Kamea. You're Chayav. And it's, whether it's processing, whether it's just directly salting, min Salting is a form of Ibud. But Adam says, doesn't mean that you can't salt your food. We don't say there's ibud in reference to food.
However, it's not so simple. Uh, it's not like uh, you can do anything you want with salt uh, on Shabbos with food. Um, so if you look at the Rebbe, first the Rebbe says, if you salt raw meat, even if it's a lot of salt, so it should be preserved and it shouldn't spoil your putter because ain't ibn eichlem in uh, Ram didn't say uh, mutter potter. He says ain't ibud ba'echlim. The way the Alter Rebbe says it's potter. There is ibud ba'echlim, and therefore you're not allowed to salt raw meat, even if you want to eat it raw on Shabbos. So for example, you want to be machsher the meat. You want to because raw meat benefits a lot from salt. It was never salted before. It softens it. It prepares it to, to be eaten, and it's similar to ibud. And certainly not to preserve it, meaning you're not allowed to, even even if it was already salted. And we'll see more about this now in Perakhov base. Now the two uh, we didn't finish the halacha. The third halacha is what we call memachik So you're scraping it, you're scraping off the hair or whatever it is to make it nice in order to write. You're removing the hair of the wool, depending on the animal, after it dies, in order to smoothen it out. Allah Vav, the told us, if, you know, we learned in the Tfilin that the, that the Gvil has two halves, the Dukhsustus is, according to the final Gerson, the Rambam that we had, the Dukhsustus is the outer, and the Klav is the inner, uh, so that's also a form of mafshit. You're splitting the, 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 the gvil itself. If you stomp on the skin until it hardens, or you soften it with your hand and you stretch it and you straighten it out, that's on and nice in the way the professionals who deal with, uh, with the leather do. So that's a tolda of being ma'abit. If you pull a, a, a feather out of a wing, that's a form of mimachik, what we call mimachik, or mechika se'er. It's smoothing out the wing. And here's where we suddenly start venturing into smoothing other things. So, ritia is a bandage, so that's mimareach, a shaiva, a zephas, wax, tar, smarchen, all the other things that are sort of soft, and you can uh, spread them out and smooth them out. Until it's very smooth on top. So that mareach is an extension of meichik. And if you have skin that's stretched between the poles, between the pillars, and you're you're rubbing with your hand, that's also chayav mishum meichik. So mareach, of course, raises a whole bunch of que- a whole bunch of questions, common questions with uh, today's cosmetics and stuff like that. So interestingly, uh, the Gemara actually says you're allowed to step on, you're allowed to stomp on spit that's on the ground on Shabbos with Pitumai. So the Magan of Ram has a chiddush there. The Ma- yeah, so the Magan of Ram has a chiddush there that the Mareach only applies when you actually want it to be distributed. You want to see it spread out. But if you want it to be absorbed, the spit, you don't want to have a nice layer of spit on you're stomping on it because you want it to get absorbed. So that's the Magan of Ram's chiddush. like a chiddush. But uh, the that, uh, if you have cream and you're trying, you're not trying to walk around with a thick layer. You know, people that maybe put the suntan and they want to leave it on, that would be a problem. But if you want it to be absorbed, quantum aganavrama might be okay. Uh, so that's something that this farm nowadays talks. I think generally it's not something uh, that's uh, that's done. But that's one discussion. You have the discussion about soap, uh, the soft soap, the slightly harder soap. Also, a bit of a discussion. Some some say in certain cases, depending on the thickness, it might not be a, a problem, right? 
um, the thinner it is, the, the better off you are. Then you have the whole question of toothpaste on Shabbos. Is uh, brushing your teeth with toothpaste? Is that memachek? Are you spreading out the toothpaste? Uh, the Igris Moshe said it's Osir, but the B'chaim Noah and the Ketzei Sashokhan uh, somewhat famously said that it's uh, not Isr Memareach. Um, which again, it's not really uh, something that we do. There could be other problems as well with uh, bloods, causing bloods and other stuff. Schita. But uh, the might in the Shmir Shabbos Kolchasa says the minig is just not to, uh, even not even without the the toothpaste, not to brush one's teeth. Anyway, so those are issues that all arise from this uh, halacha. Okay, now uh, to quicken the pace a bit. You cut an actual piece out for the size of a kamea yerchayv. You have to actually intend it. It's this length, this width, and you're cutting it deliberately. That's the malach. But if you're just cutting, ruining it, or you weren't paying attention to the measurements, you weren't paying attention to what you're doing. It's just mindless. Or you're just playing around. Still not allowed, but not the actual malach of machatech. is like if you trim a wing. If you were, you trim, you shave the, the edges of a, a beam of wood, again, sounds like a tilde. Uh, you're not actually, what you're cutting off is not what you want, but you're shaving, you're, what you're leaving behind is being trimmed from whatever you're cutting off. Really, any, uh, someone who's a, an expert woodcutter or a, a smith, if you, you know, slice off a piece of wood uh, professionally or a piece of metal. It's all an extension of mechatech. You take a piece of wood and you start, uh, you know, chopping it, cutting it, so it could be a toothpick or to open a door. You would be chayv as well. Ches, however, anything that's edible, even for an animal. Different things that grow. You're allowed to trim them. That's not, you're not creating a keli. Uh, apparently, that's the definition. You're allowed to trim um, fragrant uh, branches that uh, you want to smell. Even if they're very uh, hard and dry. You can break off whatever pieces you want. It doesn't matter what the size is. Now, moving on to Ksiva, Chesav, and Moichik, and that's going to be practically the rest of the parak with two lines about Masartid at the end. And if you erase the space in which you can write two letters, Chayv, so that's the flip side. Moichik is the flip side of Chesav. It's erasing those two to write, that space to write two. And because of that, so there's actually a difference. A case of Eisach is gedoyel like a shtayim pot. If you write one big letter the size of two, your pot, you have to write two. But mochak Eisach is gedoyel, but yeshvim koymak the lift of shtayim. But if you erase the big one and there's room to write two, then you're chayiv because there it's just the space. Because of Eisach is vishlam basa sefer chayiv. But if you wrote one letter and that completed the whole sefer, then you're chayiv. We had this yesterday or the other day with oiring, where also if it's the last uh, thing that completes the ariga, then you're chayiv even if it wasn't the full share. Case of Manasa kalkal or Chayv, even if you have a mind to be mechalkal, you're ruining, you're, I'm just scribbling on it to ruin it, you're still chayv. <coughs> Where your writing is not part of the definition of ksiva, just the writing itself. So there's no real kilkul b'ksiva. Ksiva is just a, 
a creative form. There's nothing kilko about it. Of erasing could be a form of destruction. That could be then your potter. If ink fell on a safer and you erased the ink, wax fell on your your book and you wanted to erase it, your, your, your notebook, whatever it is, it all depends on the space. If you, if you cleared up the space to write two letters, you're chayav. You write a letter twice, but it actually it comes out to mean something. So roar can mean uh, salivating, drooling, taste, to give, gag, a roof, you're chayev. So it doesn't have to, dafka be two different letters, it just has to be a word that makes sense. Okay, so b'chol ksav, b'chol ashen chayev. And if you write in any uh, alphabet, any language, you're chayev, I feel the mishnes even if it's two symbols, not actual uh, characters of an alphabet. If you write one letter next to writing that was already written, writing on top of other writing, now Shuri is really two Zions with a hook on top. So you wanted to write, write a Ches, which is one letter, and whoops, you actually ended up writing two letters, two Zions, or any other, other letter that can, that could happen to. One letter on the earth, one letter on the ceiling, or on the, on the, on the wall. They can't be read together. You wrote one on one page and one on another page, and they can't be read together. Potter, that's not the, the, the proper form of Ksiva. But if you wrote the one in one corner, and one on the wall, right next to them, on the same corner, or on two pages, but the same two pages next to each other. One's right here, and one's right here. Then, Chayev. Let's say you have some parchment, and you're in one location, and you wrote one letter in this location. And you went that day because of Eishniya, and you wrote the second letter, and you wrote it uh, on, on a different uh, piece of parchment. Chayev. Because you can put them together. And we don't care that, oh, you didn't actually put them together. Because unlike uh, earth and a wall, you can't move the earth and the wall. They're already in place. But two pieces of paper, you can uh, put them together. If you write one letter, even if that letter has deeper meaning and represents a full word, you're still potter. Let's say, you know, all the things that have mice around them, you make a mem. So everyone knows it means meiser. You wrote it as a number. Instead of writing arboim, you made a mem. But we said earlier, if you made a ches by mistake into two zayans, you're potter. But if you have a magia letter, uh, start off as a ches, and you erase the hook deliberately, you also made it into two. Then you are chayim. So you don't have to actually write the two Zions, you can erase the thing in the middle that turns them to two Zions. If you write in your left hand or on the other side of your hand, with your leg, with your mouth, with your uh, armpit, or maybe it's with, with, with your, your inside your elbow, but the point being that uh, it's not the normal way of writing, your potter. A lefty wrote with his right hand, which is uh, the equivalent of everyone's left hand, potter. With his left, which is which is really his right, then you're chayav. If you're ambidextrous, b'shava, right with both. Then you're chayav for both. A child is holding the pen, and uh, an adult holds his hand and uses his hand to write. Then he's chayav. But if an adult is holding the pen, when the child is moving his hand. 
then potter. The adult uh, didn't actively write, and the child, the child. You only chive if it's actually something that uh, it, it lasts, right? You have the doesn't mention, but you have questions today. What if you uh, you write on the the steam on the window or uh, the condensation on the window, invisible ink? You have uh, questions like that. So way the way that Rambam writes it here is. Different forms of black ink, essentially. And it has to be on a surface where writing will last. So, uh, on the boards that you it still could uh, last there. Um, so any normal surface for writing. But if you write with something where it doesn't leave a mark, going mashkin. Well, may pay this liquid, so you write with the liquid, but it doesn't stay there. You make coffee, right? Right, right, but it doesn't really, it doesn't last very long. Or you roll with normal ink, but you wrote it on uh, leaves, leafy vegetables, or anything else like that, then you're potter. Still, you're not allowed to, but uh, potter. It has to be both writing with ink on a, a, a surface that will allow it to remain there. And the same goes for erasing. Erasing something that's like that. If you write on your skin with a pen, you're chayv a pnei shu ur. We said earlier, ur is a surface for writing on. Even though the, the warmth of the skin, of the, the your body is gonna erase it after a while. That's just like any other writing that erases over time. But if you like, scrape it, uh, cut it into your skin, you're potter. And this actually has an interesting uh, Gemara related to it that relates to uh, Yeshua Neitri. The Gemara says that the Masaret al Basari is potter. The Gemara says, why? You have been satada. Ben satada How did he get the, the secrets of the witchcraft out of Mitzrayim? Rashi says that the Mitzrayim, they had a very uh, very tough, strict system. They didn't allow you to, to take the writings out of Egypt. You had to leave it there. And he wanted to... Uh, Leave with the information. So he, uh, inscribed it on himself in that manner, not with even with writing. He sort of carved it into himself. So Mara says, uh, That's crazy. <laughs> That's not normal. Don't bring an eye from that. Then Mara says, Mensatada, isn't he Ben Pandira? And then Mara says, Well, the Baal was Satada and the Baal was Pandira. And the Taisvis over there says, um, this company, this, it sounds like Yeshua Naitzri, but Lavdaf gets fits with other Makaitis by Yeshua Naitzri. But uh, those who are familiar know there's uh, other stories about Yeshua Naitzri with the Beis Amikdash, that he got the Shem of the Beis Amikdash that way, or Pechlal, that his father was Pandira. Anyway, so that's just an interesting background to this halacha. Uh, if you, uh, you rip into the, into the skin, uh, I'm assuming not on himself, just normal skin, and, and you, you sh- it's the shape of writing. That is chayav mishum That is a form of writing. But if you just make marks, you just uh, you know you just have a, 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 a just something that's sharp, and you're just you're sort of making marks. That's not actual writing. You have you put black ink over red ink. You're chayav double. Because you just wrote with black ink that stood out on top of the red ink. You also essentially erase the red ink. Black on top of black, red on top of red, red on top of black, potter. What's a reishim? 
so you're just making marks, uh, images, uh, blue, red, whatever, the different colors the way artists do. That is also a form, a tolda of Kaisen. And if you erase it, the Taken, in order to, to accomplish something, thereby Now finally, Hamasartate. So you're making the lines like you have to say for Torah. Back then it was more common to help you write on the parchment. Just the amount that you can write two letters under. The carpenters, they have to make a line, a red line, whatever, on the, on the board. So that way, when they, when they actually cut through, they'll cut in a straight line. That's what told them. The, the people who, uh, cut rocks, uh, so they do the same thing. They're, they're, they want to be careful. They're cutting it the right way. So they make marks, lines. The same goes for them. In this case, it doesn't actually have to be with ink. It could just be a line. Just carve a little line. The way we know, Sirtid is.